Welcome to Write That Down, hosted by Nate Ulrich and myself, Jacob Novak. This is a podcast where we explore creativity in our ventures, our lives, and our community. This week, we dive into a couple of listener questions surrounding different mediums we'd be interested in trying and what topics we want to incorporate into our work more. So let's get into it. Jacob. So it's about that time of the year when we get to do one of our most favorite segments. And uh, actually, we have quite a bit to talk about because of our prolonged break. What segment is that, Jacob? That is, well, I'm so glad that you mentioned it. Actually, wait, do you hear that? I think it's Mail The mail's here. Come on. Wow. Uh, was, can, you know, it was such a milestone yeah. this year. Probably the best moment of 2021 was, did you see when the guy who played Steve in Blue's Clues posted that video? I did, yes. Uh, or Nickelodeon, I guess, posted it. But he's like, you know what? I'm proud of you. Yeah. We've been through a lot together. And yeah. I, like, burst into tears. Did you? I didn't, but. But you did. That's just because, uh, you know, I bottle it up. Oh, yeah. As oh, a yeah. man should. Oh, as- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No one anyway, should listen to us. <laughs> so we we have some emails in our inbox, askwtd at gmail.com, if you want to send in any questions, suggestions, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Uh, but so I thought today, or we thought that we would focus on an email that we got from uh, actually your good friend, uh, Nick Dentes from high school, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, I had the pleasure of meeting Nick at your wedding. Right. Uh, and as we, you know, set up everything and I, I got to know him a little bit as well. Uh, but he uh, sent us a lovely two-part email. So uh, let's just hop into uh, the first part, I guess. Uh, so Nick wrote in, he says, Hello, WTD hosts. Love the pod. Been binging it since I first started and just got to episode 27. And this was back in October. So hopefully he is gotten caught up um he said while listening a question popped into my head that goes off of the comfort zone discussion from a few weeks prior first i want to preface this with i don't know what the heck i'm talking about in this realm so it may be a pair of dumb questions and no question is dumb nick don't worry about it oh especially when talking with us i mean come on yeah it's all dumb (laughs) uh he said question one Y'all talked about types of genres that you want to go into to expand your comfort zone, but I want to ask if there are any specific medium-slash-ways to tell a story that you would love to get into. Film versus digital, multi-camera versus single, or the like. Or even if you want to cross the aisle and start filming, writing, or something else you don't typically do. Meaning, is there any kinds of projects which you would love to work with in the future, or maybe have worked with a bit and would like to, to continue? And maybe what kind of limitations slash opportunities this may put on a, on a project as opposed to others. So, Nate, a lot going on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely a good uh, thing to, to bring up the comfort zone when we made those goals that uh, I have struggled to keep up with mm-hmm. uh, from the, the expanding from your comfort zone. Um, but does anything come to mind to you just uh, if, if we get into that first part? Any specific mediums or ways in which we tell stories that you would uh, like to to expand into? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess um, I guess in order to be better at what I want to be better at, it's good to dive into these other things. For instance, 
if I want to become a better storyteller, storyteller, uh, you know, with video as the medium, I should probably work on my writing and storytelling and character development and, 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 uh, you know, script writing, all of that. I should probably work on that and, and continue to, you know, experience new things outside of just picking up a camera and, and finding something that I like to film. Uh, You know, I think, I think the important part of, expanding and doing things outside of your comfort zone that, and, and talking about your skill set right here with your comfort zone and your skill set. I think in doing that, it also allows you or encourages you to, uh, try new things within the skill set that you are a quote unquote master at, or you're better at, right? So if I pick up a pen and try, try to jot down ideas or storyboard something, uh, you know, I don't usually do that, but that could be very beneficial. And it could also like I said, encourage me to, you know, do something a little different when I actually have my hands on a camera and doing things that I'm, you know, more keen on doing or, or have more practice in. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, I would like to have more experience. Uh, I mean, this isn't necessarily answering the, uh, other mediums, but I would love to get more experience behind the camera, uh, or specifically with the camera. Like, obviously, I, I like writing and directing, and so the directing side, that counts as behind the camera. But I would love to work more with cameras in the in the technical side of things. Um, that part is just tough because, I mean, I've, we've, we've talked about this, especially on earlier podcasts in the single digits probably, you know, the cost of right. getting right. cameras and things like that. Uh, that's why I'm hoping, actually, to get, like, a, a gimbal for my iPhone um, so that I can more... I can utilize that camera more because it's not an insignificant camera that phones have now. Um, So that is something that I would like to do in terms of, uh, you know, different ways to tell a story. uh, Actually, something that I have thought of is like, I love Marvel movies so much and things like that. And there are certain comics that I love. I was thinking how hard it would be to, or, or an interesting exercise to like write uh, in a comic book format or something like that. Mm, yeah, because uh, the, there's a lot going on and a lot of limitations that that go on there. Of you know, it's what the artist can do, and I would certainly not be doing the drawing for a comic book because uh-huh. that would be uh, how you say <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that that would definitely be another. Uh, interesting thing as well right because even though that that is still like a you know a written form or a art uh, illustrated artwork you're still showing versus telling which is what you're doing in video as well so being able to you know continue to work on those skills of showing versus writing down all of the things that you're trying to convey yeah i can see how that would be very beneficial yeah, except yeah. I can't draw, so that I would struggle yeah, exactly. with that as well. So maybe we'll get Fisher. Uh, yeah, oh, that's but, uh, inter- that's super interesting though, Jacob, because that would force you to f- to slim down what you're trying to say and build the characters <laughs> with literally the least amount of words you can do, right? Because you're yeah. so used to filling out a page of dialogue and, and, and action scene and stuff and, yeah. and scene direction and all that. And, and you have none of that for a comic. It's, it's just in a different form, right? Yeah. There, there are some interesting books that I are on my Amazon list. Uh, 
or let's not promote Amazon. Uh, <laughs> there are a few books that are on my, my like wish list. Your, your uh, local Huntington Library wish list, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. There you yeah. go. <laughs> um, uh, that's uh, like written by um, comic book writers. Like I think mm-hmm. one, this might be wrong, but J. Michael Straczynski, who uh, is a noted uh, writer for comic books who I believe worked on Spider-Man and Avengers most notably, um, or at least most notably in my brain. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think a, a lot of people, when they think of like comic book writing, it's, you know, might be seen as more of like a pulpy, uh, like preteen childish form of writing. But I think there's a lot that goes in that, that isn't necessarily fitting into that stereotype i mean in the hawkeye run that i have uh discussed uh before there are issues of that comic book run where it's dealing with hawkeye like when he goes deaf uh Mm -hmm. for like a week and so it's all through sign language uh in the comic book medium there's one that's that's uh seen through the eyes of a dog uh Mm -hmm. the entire thing uh, and it's just super interesting the ways that you can play around with that that mm-hmm. medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with that, you know, it it also might be a cool way to just kind of get uh, some creative ideas out of you uh, that might not be possible in real life, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when you're working on a budget of zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I yeah, I think there, there are definitely limitations, but also some interesting opportunities uh, with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to see how we can best get back to his question as well. Uh, You know, there are certain things that, uh, let's see, So, you know, in talking about different kinds of production and different things that we are interested in, um, sort of uncomfortable doing, you know, coming up here soon for work, I'm going to be... without giving out too much information about, you know, what I'm doing, I'm going to be doing some filming, uh, in larger groups that I'm not used to doing. Right. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, I took on the task, uh, mostly because I'm sort of the video guy, uh, but also, you know, because I thought this would be a good challenge. And a lot of times, um, stepping outside of a comfort zone is, you know, a challenge and to do it and complete it and hopefully have good results is going to make me better, uh, and give me sort of that confidence boost that, you know, you can get if you're not creating stuff every week, you know, like as, you know, as we are creating content, video content, as you're writing, as we're creating these things, uh, you know, it's not a weekly thing that we're producing and finalizing projects. It's not like the, neither one of us are YouTube creators that are posting content weekly or, or daily even that is like polished, finalized content. That's vastly different from what we do, which means that anytime that we are creating something, anytime that we're finalizing and publishing something, it gives us a sense of accomplishment a lot greater than probably somebody who's producing and creating something and publishing every day. Right. You, you could probably agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that is part of the thing. I mean, I think, I think one of the big things with, you know, trying to get into different mediums is it's hard when you have, when you already have so little time 
to work on the ideas for things that you are do normally right Mm -hmm. so uh i am curious this is kind of a a tangent uh off of that but uh i know you're a big documentary person Mm -hmm. uh and that is something that that's intrigued me but i I just don't know what that would be and what you would what i would want to follow uh is there are there any topics for documentaries that you would be interested in exploring Right. Well, the reason, so to give you a couple of things, the reason I like documentaries is because you can literally make a documentary about anything and anything that you're interested in, because there are yeah. other people out there, right? We can make a documentary on, on college students who like watching Marvel things because it makes them feel a certain way. Like, right. There's a I, documentary about the fonts Helvetica. Okay. So yeah, you can, you <laughs> right. And that's, probably fascinating at least for the first 15 minutes i don't know about 45 (laughs) but um so so the reason i like documentaries is because it forces you to do your research and talk with people who know more about the stuff you're fascinated about right the whole idea is that you have folks who are interviews who are doing interviews or or just being a part of your show or even consulting your your film your your documentary that know more about you know about what you're doing it on. And and that part is what makes me excited about documentaries because if I'm excited about something and I want to do a documentary about it, I need to find people who know more about that topic. Yeah. And so it's yeah. exciting to someone. It's exciting to someone it's, and so it's really about tapping into who it is exciting for and right. then trying to understand and empathize with that. Right. And and then making connections and and friendships and and more, you know, with a community that you are have like-minded interests in. You know, if I want to do a, a documentary about urban community gardening, because I think that's super cool, you know, I am going yeah. to find myself in a community that knows a lot more than I do, probably live in, you know, urban centers who are trying to, you know, produce food in those centers. And I think that's super cool. So, you know, I think it's also difficult um, as in any other project, uh, that you're limited to what you have. And I think with documentaries, at least there's a certain level of flexibility in that you could create a documentary, you know, with your phone, you know, phone footage is completely fine with documentary. As long as you pair it with, you know, a good shot uh, with an interview or something, you know, it's widely known that documentary footage could be totally horrible, right? Anytime you see a documentary about any, you know, Sasquatch or uh, the Loch Ness Monster, you know, any any one of those, they have really crummy footage. And yet it's fascinating because the stories are being told in a certain way and it's compelling and, and eventful and stuff like that. So, yeah, for sure. Um, something else that I actually was thinking about earlier today. Uh, so I feel like a lot of my things uh, kind of start my ideas, I guess it's a as opposed to just saying the word things, uh, my ideas come from, uh, they start off as shorts or something like that, but then they expand to like six episode series or a feature length thing. I think it would be honestly beneficial in terms of just an output in production standpoint to do more actual shorts, like three to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was, you know, looking at I just a couple YouTube videos popped up for uh, these people who do like the 48 hour film challenge. 
and things like that. And I really like the idea of that exercise because it forces you to get something done. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because you're being paid to necessarily. Uh, I mean, maybe if you like win, maybe there's a prize. Uh, but, you know, you're forced to sit down in a room, get the idea out, go out, film the idea, come back in, edit the idea, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's something that we should do next year is just like take two days off to just do a 48 hour thing and just try to to flex those muscles more because uh, mm-hmm. also it's important to to try to understand how to create a uh, cohesive story in such a short amount of time rather than just drawing it out and things like that that's yes oh that's fascinating I wonder if there are any listeners who would be interested in being uh, a part of that for instance uh you know, at, not at, not necessarily acting, but being a you know a part of that, like being probably in front of the camera or something like that. Sure, I don't yeah. know. I think that would be pretty cool. I, yeah. I can you remind uh, or explain what this forty eight hour challenge is and who probably who came up with it? So uh, what I just pulled up is the forty eight hour film project, and I believe you know there are both national things and also regional. So I think there's one in Pittsburgh. Uh, or just kind of based around Pittsburgh. But basically it's the idea of uh, just getting together a team and then for, you know, certain days, maybe they say like, hey, uh, December 17th through the 19th, those are the time limits. So you start on the 17th and you are like, you get a randomized genre or something. Um, And then... uh, through the 19th just from there you get the genre you storyboard or you throw ideas you generate what the concept is going to be and then you go out you film and then you come back you edit and you upload to the site or to youtube or whatever uh by the 19th um and so basically it's the idea of just getting a a product out in a sort of a short of a period of time uh, and you know, it, I think it's a really cool way to just keep those, uh, juices flowing and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it helps you break that barrier of, well, uh, I don't know when or how to start. I don't know what to do it on. I, I, you know, all, everything that we tell ourselves when we're trying not to complete something, when we're trying to procrastinate on something. It, and also what I really like about this, even though I haven't done it before, and I think we should do it this year, uh, or this coming year. Uh, at least once, uh, is that the editing time limit or the submission time limit? I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Not not sitting and waiting and and trying to you know f- fine tune the most you know beautiful thing ever that has no problems. I mean, that is the one thing that's going to stall any creator doing anything is make you know in their head trying to make sure that it's perfect. I'm sure that we're going to do the very best we can and we're going to make it very extremely as polished as we can make it. But the whole point is that you're not going over a certain time limit, right? When yeah. it's done, it's done. <laughs> like you, you got to make sure that when you hit export, the exporting time doesn't take you over the time limit. Right. And things like that. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I just found on their website, uh, they say uh, the 48 hour film project weekend starts on a Friday night with the kickoff event for your city. At the kickoff, each team receives the genre for its film and a random drawing. 
And then the required elements are announced, a character, a prop, and a line of dialogue, each which each of which much sorry, each of which must appear in all films. Hmm. Uh and then you go. So I, I think that would definitely be uh, a, a cool one to do as well. Also, because I, I think it's a cool built-in community where mm-hmm. once you finish the project, you upload it, and then people watch it, and you immediately, you know, make more connections. People give you more feedback. You see what other people are doing, and that might inspire you for next time, and, and things like that. I think that's also a, a cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super exciting. Yeah. This month's partner for Write That Down is Fisher Stroud, a friend of the show, Nate. She sure is a friend of the show. In fact, she's actually done work for us previously, a couple years ago, for a very famed project that you worked on. Indeed she has. So Fisher is an illustrator based out of New York who creates a mix of original work and fan art. She's available for commissions and other types of artwork like Yeah, and as Nate alluded to, she actually did the artwork and the poster for The Wyman, so we can attest to her illustrating prowess. Uh, so if you want to see examples of her work, uh, they can be found at her website, which is fisherhstroud.com. That's F-I-S-H-E-R-H-S-T-R-O-U-D.com. And her Twitter at Ribbles, which is W-R-I-B-B-L-E-S-S. She'll be opening a merch store with prints, keychains, and stickers in 2022. So stay tuned. Thank you, Fisher, for becoming a partner of Write That Down. way uh i we meant to mention it at the top but uh we forgot uh the audio uh on one half of our mics might sound a little wonky uh a little echoey depending on how the editing goes but it's for an exciting reason it's because right now nate is recording in his new house yes so long story short when you transfer utilities and everything Make sure you don't transfer your Wi-Fi until you move out because I'm sitting in a uh, a living room with no, I have no tables, no chairs, nothing, uh, and it's very echoey, but this is the only place I could record with Wi-Fi, uh, so here I am, and this is a very special day, December 15th, first podcast in the new house, Yeah, uh, super echoey, nothing else. I feel like I was back in college again, sitting here with nothing in the room, you know? <laughs> yeah, like when we packed up Old Mice House. Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah. so yeah, so thank you for bearing with us. And, you know, if you couldn't listen to the rest of the show, ah, that's okay. Just pretend like you did. That's you know fine what? with no, me. No, get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, it's, it, it's, it's good content, you know? Uh, sure. That's what it comes down to. Sure. No matter the no matter the microphone, no matter the video, it as long as the content's good, people mm. will listen. Mm. Yeah, or at least that's what they tell me. That's what they tell you. Anyways, do we have anything else to talk about? Yes. Any, so yes? part two for okay. uh, Nick's email, he says question number two. In episode 27, Evan Quinter, friend of the pod, said something to the effect of social change or the world around quote unquote Jeff. 
being affected by uh, his experiences in the Dark City. Uh, this was from a Project Therapy episode that I don't remember too well. Uh, but either. nonetheless, uh, that he had just listened to it, so it's fresh in his mind. Uh, that just sparked my brain into wondering if there is any, if there are any specific realms of topics you would like to get into in the non-fictional side of things, or use a fictional story to hit on some real-world stuff, much like Jacob's tackling with depression and loser. I've always thought that all forms of media have huge sways on the populace. People see something on TV or in pop culture, and they instantly believe it, or they do whatever they can to mimic it. That being said, are there any real-world topics that you would want to touch on in the future, or even the flip side of that being, is there something that you would prefer not to? Again, might be a completely pointless question, but I wanted to shoot you all in the email nevertheless. Keep up the good work, Nick Dentes. Hmm. Uh, absolutely not. That is a great question. Oh, yeah. Um, once again, SWTD at gmail.com. Uh, so, uh, what is what is your first thoughts? Uh, either something that you would like uh, to touch on or maybe something you want to stay away from. Hmm. Well, I already kind of talked about, you know, trying to do these documentaries, uh, especially on that, you know, food sovereignty and stuff like that. That's just kind of what I did after college uh, when I lived in Pittsburgh. Um, I got to work on some really cool, I got to meet some really great people uh, work in a super cool community and, you know, try to grow food, uh, in places that just, you know, don't have great food. They don't have, you know, great, um, stores and and stuff like that around to, to purchase healthy food. So like, that's always had a place uh, in my heart. And I, you know, I want to, I want to continue to work on projects like that. I also really want to, um, start to pull together some stories, um, either about, well, either with my family members or my friends' families, there are there are so many people out there, you know, grandparents, even some great grandparents, who who just tell who can tell stories of a different life that they had, you know, a different time in our world. Obviously, right now it just seems like turmoil, but I bet you, if you talk to anyone at any time period in, in life, in their life, there's always turmoil going on, which is kind of upsetting. But I think that there is something good about learning about the past, of course, and hearing it first person from people that you know. Uh, because the cool thing about that is if I ask my best friend's grandfather about, you know, what was it like, you know, 60 years ago, what was going on? What was, what was it like when you were in, you know, seventh grade or eighth grade and, and let them recollect and, and let them start to tell these stories. These are people that, you know, and I just think it's fascinating when we can, you know, encourage people to tell stories or look back on memories that they may not have thought about in years. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think that's super cool. So compiling people's memories about that stuff, that is something that I certainly would love to get into. Um, and, you know, whether or not they're truthful memories, it's, you know, time time does its thing to our memory, but I think it would still be a very intriguing story to tell. Um, so I, I'll probably start reaching out to folks that I know, see if anyone's interested in talking. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm going. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh one thing that comes to mind for me, and this is tough because, you know, it might there might be something else that I, that I would want to do, but I just can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, but uh, I mentioned as part of my definitely not procrastinating uh, the past couple weeks. Uh, one was Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright, which is set 
partially in the 60s um and also belfast uh which is entirely different but also set in the 60s uh and i think just exploring those like kind of periods where i didn't necessarily live uh is a super interesting thing to do uh and so obviously in a lot of those cases uh where people are doing a, a movie set in the 60s sometimes they're sometimes they they kind of hide other bad things that were going on in the world Mm -hmm. and so i think taking like this style of a period piece but also Mm -hmm. acknowledging you know everything that is going on in the world uh is an interesting thing and i was actually also thinking because uh belfast is a movie about uh an eight-year-old kid living in belfast um but I, th- I was thinking maybe in like 40 years, that'll be like those, like this, the 2000s are going to be what those period mm-hmm. pieces are. Uh, and I also think those kind of coming of age movies where it is, you know, set with any kid between the age of 15 and eight or between five and 18 or something like that. I think there is also a lot of either glorification or just misaccuracy inaccuracy uh with like what kids in america are like today Uh (laughs) and things like that so i also think it would be interesting uh to kind of explore the coming of age side of things in uh a place that is not like that also i feel like every coming of age current high school movie you see is this huge like four thousand person high school uh, mm-hmm. which for a lot of people is not how you grow up. Uh, so I think that it would also be interesting to just have an accurate, uh, honest portrayal of, you know, growing up and all the things that, that kids have dealt with since, you know, the rise of technology and stuff like that since the nineties till now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But hmm. yeah, I know that's kind of vague and broad, but I, I think just taking things that, uh, up to this point are always portrayed as honest and trying to, to be as honest as possible, uh, acknowledging the good, but also acknowledging the bad and things like that. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? It, it, yeah, it does. Uh, that's kind of really cool to think about. I know we kind of talked about how, you know, this coming of age and, you know, children of the early two thousands and stuff. You, we talked about that a little earlier, but I think you're onto something and, and, um, starting to document that and, you know, try to figure out how to, how to, you know, tell the truthful tale about that. Right. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be a tale, a truthful narrative or dialogue or, you know, video uh, about that would, would be the, the basis for the, like the, what you perceive as the truth. So that in 20 years, when these coming of age period films come out about the 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 kids you know watching dragon tales and stuff uh uh you (laughs) have that i haven't heard in a long time yeah right 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 you have this piece of work that you created as a young adult uh with as much factual information as you can because you lived it yeah but as soon as you're you know now 50 starting to create a, a movie like this, your, your memory and, and things have faded and changed and stuff. So I, I would urge you to, uh, you know, start 
looking at this and documenting or at least start the process of trying to figure out how, how do we create something like this? And again, maybe it's a short and maybe it's most powerful as a short because it's what we're looking to do now. It's what we're looking to, you know, continue our creative endeavors in. And it's also something that's conceivable. It's something that we could do without having, you know, an $80,000 budget to create an indie film. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I think, I think that would be really neat. Yeah. Absolutely. Even even just starting with like conversations, uh, asking your friends and the friends around you because they're of that age group, right? Just uh, starting to jot down that information to figure out how we can either cast or how you can you know start to tell that story of being a child in right, during this yeah. time period. Uh, now, what about uh, the other side of the coin that mm-hmm. Nick mentions? What about? Uh, things that you want to avoid in yep. projects that you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, it, is there anything that you would yes, stay yes, away from? For sure. Uh, and you're probably going to grimace at this. Uh, I prefer, I'd prefer to stay away from all kinds of animations uh, hmm. in my own creation. Right. I, I can enjoy other people's, but yeah. I'm not talented in that way to be either digitally creating animation or claim or I don't have the patience for claymation or stop motion <laughs> or whatever. You know, I don't have I guess stop motion wouldn't be a part of it, but I don't have the artistic skill, first of all, or the patience to to do that or the knowledge in the software for creating animations. Uh, so for what uh, Byron was doing, some of uh, Byron's stuff of, you know, previous episode, yeah. like that stuff is fun to watch. I can watch it. I can enjoy a storyline. I can enjoy, enjoy a narrative. You know, I can sit down and, and really have a good time. But creating that is something that I certainly don't think I'll do. Uh, sure. And then again, you know, in five years, maybe that's where the world goes with the metaverse and all that stuff. And maybe digital animation is now king and, and and regular video isn't who knows and i'll have to adapt and change what i'm what i can do but i think that's that's where i draw the line i, I like real world real world narrative real world people uh with you know who physically can tell a story uh sure. and i'm not saying this is any better or worse it's just where my focus is sure what about subject matter so if animation is a form yeah. that you wouldn't yeah, yeah. want to do, what about subject matter? I think uh, this is going to be a very broad and probably um, <laughs> uh, politician-like answer. I, <laughs> I, I, think, I think that anytime I start to be weary of the stuff that I'm saying, creating, or doing, in that I'm weary that I don't know 100% like for fact sure. that it's correct, is where I, you know... I don't want to put myself out there and say, you know, this is exactly or create something that says this is how it is when I really don't know. I'm a 24 year old white dude. I mean, I don't know a lot of things. Right. Yeah. And I don't need to be that person who pretends like I know. Yeah. Like that's not the goal. Yeah. Like I I see what you mean. Like there are a lot of things where I, I mean, we were talking about at some point in, in a previous episode, uh, you know, stepping out of your own box and just writing about something else and do it and putting in the research, uh, as opposed to just writing what you know. Uh, but there are certain things like uh, I can't pretend to, you know, be of another race or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. there, that's the kind of stuff where I would 
never go near because that's not my job to tell that story. Right. You're not telling it, but you could absolutely work on projects with sure. a person who is of you know, a subject subject matter or somebody who's a, an expert in growing up, you know, through a certain time as, you know, and I think that is where we, Jacob and I and other folks around us uh, can learn a lot in that we are not the director of this, nor are we, you know, an expert in it, but we can work in these projects and learn from the, from the folks we're working with. And I think that's, I think that is where we can, you know, excel and, you know, gain a different uh, lens on life, uh, right. Be a little more critical on certain things and, and just learn a lot. And that's, that's sort of my goal. I don't mean to speak for you here, but I think you are are on sort of the same page with that as well. No, sure. Yeah. Like helming, absolutely not participating <laughs> sure because <laughs> because that you get to yes. learn and actually you know be part of the experience and and without you know acting like you are taking responsibility for this thing that you have no right right to right you know right direct or write or anything like that but yeah absolutely i think that's really like i think i'm pretty open in terms of subject matter that i would do but that's the kind of stuff where it's like i can you know maybe incorporate parts of of things into my work but you know not make it the sole focus because i i have no no place in right doing that right that is kind of politiciany but yeah well i I think i think people would generally agree that a 24 year old white dude shouldn't (laughs) be like doing a biopic about the civil rights movement or something like that right all right. Great questions, yeah. Nick, by the way. Yeah. Way, way to absolutely. get us on tangents and everything. I mean, that's the goal, right? Yeah, for sure. I wanna, can, I, can I add something? I was with Nick all this past weekend. We were hanging oh, yeah? out together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw the, uh, we saw the Rockettes, the, uh, kick, oh, okay. the kick line. What is that oh, what it right, is? Oh, right, because you were in NYC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, what else? We also saw, this is my definitely not procrastinating, so I don't know if we're going there or not. But uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, SWTD we, um, at gmail.com if you want to send in any more questions. Yeah, go wow. ahead, Nate. Great, great, great. Anyways, so going directly into my definitely not procrastinating, um, we saw, uh, we, went, we went to a Broadway show. We saw Wicked. And okay, 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 okay. And so, and so I had only ever seen one or two other shows in my life. And, uh, I know, I knew Wicked because my sister, I mean, Wicked's old. I mean, it came out and I want to say old, but it came out in like 2003 or something. And so my sisters, Nikia and Molly, they grew up like listening to the Wicked CDs. And I had no idea like what the show was or anything like that. I didn't, I think they have a movie as well. I didn't like watch any of that. I just, uh, they're going I, to do a movie. Are they going to, I just, yeah. I, I knew the songs in my head because they played that CD on repeat on repeat yeah. all the time. Cause the music, I mean, it was good music and there were great singers, but yeah. I, I had no idea what it was. Anyways, we decide on a whim that we're, we're in New York city. We saw the Rockettes. Why, what, what the hell, why aren't we going to, to Broadway? Right. So we go and see the show and it's wild how people can sing and move and dance. And then of course the costumes and the, the set, yeah. it's like, it's like insane. It, it, it captures your attention much like a movie does, except movies can rely on so much more like graphics and, and post-production. Whereas yeah. in, in the theater, in the, it's just, it's whatever is there to immerse you in the experience. So I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was also super weird because I was getting these like 
nostalgic like memories of just hanging out in my sister's rooms like when they're you know doing homework and I'm trying to you know distract them and they're playing the songs and like those memories were flooding back but I didn't have a picture or like the 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 play to pair it with so so here I here I'm coming back out with a new idea of of what this music is and what's it for and and the story that that, that they tried to tell so yeah it's pretty cool that's awesome. I've yeah. never been to a Broadway show. Ooh. I, I need to change that at some point. Um, isn't Hugh Jackman doing like Music Man on Broadway? Yes, uh, I think I think he is. I mean, I saw his name on a billboard. I, we didn't yeah. get tickets for it, but um, yeah. I, yeah, I think it opens in previews uh, soon. Okay, so, so yeah, we, it, yeah, it's still yeah, yeah, a ways off. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Um, cool. Wicked's, Wicked's one that's not on my Broadway playlist, and I don't know why. I, I, I need to add some stuff in there. Define yeah. gravity, popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, my definitely not procrastinating because I know, Nate, you got to get out of here pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty easy. Uh, Harry and I, in the lead up to Spider Man No Way Home, which uh, we're going to go see tomorrow, Thursday night, uh, we have been re watching all of the Spider Man movies. So we mm. watched. Uh, the three Tobey Maguire movies. We watched the two Andrew Garfield movies. Uh, we watched all the Tom Holland stuff, both of his movies, plus his stuff in Civil War and Infinity War and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we watched both Venoms. And tonight we got to do Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse uh, to complete it. Wow. Uh, and man, I love Spider-Man. What a cool character. Uh, and, you know, I I have issues with some of those movies. But it's still just fun and to to hang out with, you know, that kind of character where it, he's not like Superman or anything. It's like he happens to be bit by a spider and he happens to be a nerdy kid. Right. And, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it's it's a lot of fun. The Garfield movies, I will say this is my platform, get too much hate. Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Amazing Spider-Man 1. But especially Amazing Spider-Man 2 got way too much hate. That's a good movie. I like, don't think I've watched any of them. They like they like there are problems for sure, but there are problems in the Maguire movies too. But it's this the nostalgia factor. People just ignore it. Huh. But anyways, that's my piece. Spider Man. Oh. Excited for the new movie. Very excited. Yeah, I got my my amazing Spider Man uh wooden cutout of the original comic right here above me so nerd i mean oh that's super cool dude i'm super excited for you (laughs) i wonder why why a a nerdy guy loves the character of a nerdy superhero so much right 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 oh love it i love it cool anyway that's exciting yeah well i i think that about does it for us anything else from you nate no, uh, Nick. Thanks for writing. Uh, writing in. Oh, great yeah. mail time. We we did a whole episode on you, and we also included you and in everything a part of it. So you're now part of the show. Uh, yeah. We really appreciate you being a fan and, and listening. And uh, he was one of the folks who was reaching out saying, "Hey, when are you guys going to start recording again?" So super, <laughs> super cool, dude. Uh, and uh, look forward to hanging out with you over the holiday break but jacob i think that's all we have for here until next week i guess all right i'll see you next week see ya thanks for listening write that down is produced by nate ulrich and jacob novak 
Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find links to both artists in the description for this episode. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can email your questions or topic suggestions to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.